for the Dad Bod Rap Pop with your hosts, Damone Carter, David Ma, and Nate LeBlanc. Three underground rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say, Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad who chronicles the vanguard of hip hop at large. Rap taste slacked off, no need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod rap. Pod, pod, pod. Struggle so strong like it's not for the weak. Yeah, it's lonely at the top, so I did at the peak. Thought it came easy, try it. It's not what you think. Wrote this such incredible pain. It's and Mary Jane down memory lane. I remember hustling in hell, sleep rain. Podcasting live from San Jose, California. This is the Dad Bod Rap Pod. I am one third of your host, Damone Carter, aka Dem One. I am joined by my guy, Dave Ma. What's happening, man? Hey, you guys. Um, good to see you guys as usual. I think we're all kind of recovering from a, a long weekend, which we'll get into a little bit later, but beautiful day in the Bay. Gorgeous. So really happy to be here. Absolutely. We're soaking up some precious moments of sunshine before the next depressing storm hits. And I think that was Nate's battle rap name, the depressing storm. The depressing storm <laughs> hit. <laughs> the, the, the storm <laughs> depression. What's going on, Nate? I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, it was a really fun weekend. I had I DJed in two different record stores. I saw a bunch of friends. It was just like good weather and everyone was in a good mood. And like, yeah, I'm still coasting off of that on a Monday. But uh, you guys will hopefully be checking this out on a Thursday. And we're good. I think we, we, we yeah. you know, we we got to hang out. We got to chill a little bit. and Survive. Uh, yeah, survive. <laughs> we survived social interaction and we are back for <laughs> parasocial interaction here on the dad bod rap pod it's been a fruitful 2023 um every year that not every year but for about the last three years of doing this show i think every year is the best year ever in rap and then i'm like what can the next year bring there's no way that that we can compete with all the things that came out last year and then more things come out so some really cool releases have come out we're gonna do a quarter one wrap-up um in the next couple weeks sometime uh at the end of march but wanted to take some time to talk about a few records that came out uh last friday i believe was a, a big release day one of them being by an artist we all know and love but whose recent work can be hit or miss and i am talking about cool keith's new album with real bad man entitled serpent uh nate you sounded the clarion call you were like, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but you have to go listen to this new Cool Keith record. Uh, uh, there are like uh, Twitter accounts and things online that note, like when an, or on Reddit or whatever, like when a new sentence has been said that has never been said before. Wow. Here's a new sentence that has never been said before. The year is 2023, and there is a good new Cool Keith album. <laughs> Let it be. I was. Recorded. I was. I was super into it, dude. I'm only, I only listened to it once. I was on a little, um, I listened to it in my car. I was like checking all the new releases when I was driving over to Santa Cruz for a thing I did over there um, last weekend. And I listened to the other record that we are going to talk about in a second and turned it off. And then I listened to this 
New Cool Keith record, and there are a couple things that would make me more inclined to give it a chance. One is it's produced by Real Bad Man, yeah. who we're big fans of, yeah. and I've uh, met in real life, and of course, wanted with a little bit online, someone who I, I think is a really good producer and someone I like personally, so that, that gives you some, you know, uh, grace or whatever, some leniency. First song featuring Cool Compete. Uh, cool Compete is weirdly the most requested interview we've ever had. Yeah. When people yeah. are like, you know, you guys should talk to cool compete. And I'm like, you guys always <laughs> want us to talk to all the recluses. <laughs> um, so he was away from music uh, for a while. I understand, but seems to be kind of coming back, which is cool. Um, yeah. I was aware of his solo work and his work in Babeltron when I was a record store buyer. Um, never delved super hard into the catalog, but someone who, you know, I like a conversational kind of everyman rapper and he certainly fills that role. So that was cool. And then the Edan song on this is just Ooh. a heater, dude. Just like a cool Keith and Edan rhyming over a funk loop. Like, is this song made for me? Yes, um, so, yeah, <laughs> super, super into this record. I thought it was really, really good. I did tell uh, multiple people about it over the weekend, and I need to delve in for kind of listen number two. But, but for right now, uh, kind of a heat rock. Super digging it. Okay. Uh, that's one for the serpent. Dave? How did it strike you? Uh, I'm going to have to agree, and it's funny, and I'm not trying to name drop here, but I was having a conversation with Prince Paul a couple of days ago, <laughs> and we're talking about rappers who fell off. And um, Nate actually was like, we're having dinner at the sushi spot, and Nate was like, actually, Cool Keith is kind of the shining example of that. And then I brought up Dell, who also, you know, love him to death, but also has fallen off. And it reminded me that those two had a record that came out at the end of 2022, which is completely and wholly unlistenable so i mean mm. this album breath of fresh air and i really got to give credit to uh real bad man i mean uh, a fan of real bad boldy probably yeah my favorite boldy james release besides the price of tea in china and also mm. loved his work with pink sifu and yeah. um this album i mean you know has as nate mentioned Udon's on it um slugs on it cool competes on it ice tea does like a little cameo and it's great um i haven't heard ice tea with cool keith since um that analog brothers project which right. i like like two songs off of yeah. but i mean cool keith has you know i would say three five-star albums and three four-star albums like he has a lot of good stuff but then he has yes. an insurmountable mountain of unlistenable garbage from the last fucking 15 years and this was just an unbelievable surprise so um really glad it's out shout out to real bad man um our boy adam killing it and really glad to hear, um, you know, really glad to like Cool Keith again. Yeah, it's context matters. I think Cool Keith on this record, love the record. I think Cool Keith on this record is actually not doing too much different from what he's been doing for the past 15 years. But the production and the features are mm -hmm. set up so well that he can't not win. Like for what he's doing, Real Bad Man put together the right soundscapes and just unbelievable features. Uh, the Loopers has a right. feature on here where he he understood right. the whole fucking assignment. Totally. Like he went right. he right. went in, and so it's one of those things where this is what I wish for all the legends that are still trying to be active and working. Find the new producer. It seems like Cool Keith. I don't know this at all, but it sounds like he ceded some of the control of what happens with this project. It really feels like a real bad man project starring mm -hmm. Cool Keith. Totally. And I think and I think that's why um, 
it it hits so hard. He has a Cool Keith has a song on here. Not, but again, Cool Keith is also a genius. Cool Keith has a song on here where he is just basically name checking classic Seattle Supersonics. It's called <laughs> Off the Glass. He's talking about fucking Paul Silas, yeah, and Reggie Theus, and all these like hardcore basketball references. Which it's I spent the whole time going. Cool Keith just sits down and, and watches basketball. I, it, it's hard for me to imagine, but obviously he, he must be a big fan because he he wrote this very dense lyrical song about the uh, the Seattle Supersonics. So, um, yeah, love the record. I, I definitely see this record having some staying power throughout the year as well. Um, it's just super well put together. Yeah, the Zaloopers uh, feature was so he was I didn't recognize his voice. And like I said, I was listening to it when I was driving. So I had to do something like lightly illegal and open my phone and find out who that was. And like after I heard it, I was like, oh, what a great pairing. Like if yeah. I was sitting to think about mm -hmm. it, as we sometimes do on these podcasts and like who would be a good person to feature with Cool Keith? I don't know if he would have made the list. But mm -hmm. now that I've heard it, I'm like, oh, man, that just makes too much sense. You know what also needs to happen? And if anyone who's listening can make this happen, uh, Cool Keith and Koreatown Oddity need to get on something together. Too. Oh, oh um, like yesterday. For, uh, Serpent Ke Part 2, Serpiente. Keytown Oddity. <laughs> Keytown Oddity. <laughs> Keytown Oddity, yeah. Yeah, oh, I love it. Love um, it. Um, that so anyway, um, yeah, Slug, good verse and a welcome presence. And then I really enjoyed this era of Ice-T not rapping anymore but narrating, narrating. things right, he's so right. good at it totally it's he almost like he's been morgan on tv freeman. <laughs> freeman. the hood morgan freeman it's almost like he's been on uh, tv for 25 years uh <laughs> like uh morgan expensiveman yeah exactly <laughs> morgan pipman uh, yeah always good to hear ice tea it was good to hear him on a uh, rock marciano's record last year as well so um three enthusiastic Thumbs up for Serpent. Uh, folks should definitely check it out. The best Cool Keith album since. Dave, you call it best Cool Keith album since. Whoa, that is, that's really, really hard. Cenobites, maybe? Did that, no, that, that came out before Black Elvis, right? Yeah, I think so. Black I mean, Elvis is like 99, I think. A lot of I mean, people like Matthew. I, I do think Matthew is a good record. I think this might be a better record than oh, that. Oh, yeah, That's and Doctor last... Doom as well, right? Um, yeah, Doctor Doom was around the same time. Let me check up the... Yeah, I uh, Matthew has I Don't Believe You, but other than that, I don't believe people who say they like Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Dave yeah, doesn't believe you. 98 Doctor Doom, 99 <laughs> okay. Black Elvis, so we'll go Black Elvis. Okay, that, and that must be, I mean, he has a couple like you know one offs here and there, but even then, I mean, yeah, not yeah they, the it's a record with Lorange is interesting, and um, but I, I don't like listen to it all the time. I just I just opened Cool Keith's Discogs page oh just to check that date, and his last listed alias is Underwear Pissy. <laughs> okay, and I think we should probably park the segment there. <laughs> Thanks. That's always a great uh, transition point. Uh, speaking of pissy, uh, my brethren listened to the new Navy Blue album. It's his uh, inaugural release on Def Jam, produced by Budgie. Um, and it took me by surprise. I didn't even know he was on Def Jam. You'd think I would keep track of these things. I, I had no idea this record was coming. It's called Ways of Knowing, uh, dropped on Friday. And I'm curious to see what you guys thought about it. I'll, I'll, I'll save my opinions for the end. 
Um, Dave, I know you got a chance to run it probably just once today, but what were your kind of initial impressions of this record? I did, I did. I'm a fan of Navy Blues. Um, this album gave me the blues, though. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of Song of Sage, you know, uh, post-Panic. Um, I'm a fan of Navy's uh, reprise as well. Um, obviously, um, Songs of Sage has that amazing Billy Woods feature on it, and also um, one of most Def's best recent verses um, in contemporary times um, on it. So yeah, I'm definitely a fan of his. And 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 when I was listening to this album, um, this this is the feeling that I got. And I don't mean this as bad as it sounds, but it feels like somebody put in navy blue into an AI generator. And this oh, is the ouch. album that came out. Um, it just sounds like I've heard every other version of this song, but better previously. You know what I mean? And the production, just I. Um, there's one song here, Window Window to the Soul, uh, featuring Kelly Moonstone, uh, mm -hmm. whom I never heard before, but her voice and presence was a welcomed um, break in the monotony, you know, a nice woman's um, rap voice. And mm -hmm. it's kind of, um, it's just kind of, um, it's a sullen song like like usual, but it's it's not as boring as the rest of the album. I don't know, I don't know who, um, who the producer was, but I, I, he's not budging. You know what I mean? And um, <laughs> those are all the puns I got for this, but um, I do would give it, I'd like to give it another chance because I'm a fan of his and, you know, he's he's somebody that writes with a lot of nuance. But like I said, it's like, oh, here's the love song on this album. Well, you've read, you've, you wrote uh, Petty Cash before, you know, you wrote um, My Whole Life before, you know, he's just had so many better versions of what was executed on this album, I thought. What about you, Nate? I think how I phrased it uh, to the bros in the back of the record store where everybody was smoking over the weekend is it's a major label debut ass major de major label debut. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I, I think what we hear when we hear what I call glossiness is like, actually, we're hearing money. We're hearing like the sound of a good studio that makes everything sound super clean. And I don't like that. I, I yeah. like I like things to be a little a little muddy a little hissy a little mm -hmm. like to hear like the shittiness of the equipment and then not every cable was routed through a clean signal and there's little remnants of audio in there like um, yeah I'm a, I I'm, I'm a Navy Blue fan as well I think Navy's Reprise is one of the best records of the past couple of years and I thought it was really special and I don't know if you guys remember this but I predicted big things for him you did our end of year episode so when he got you know I think I think technically it's licensed to De Def Jam but everyone's gonna say signed to Def Jam and that's how how things work these days and I, I was like oh I was right how great for me uh, but, um, yeah I don't know if this record is good though and I agree with a lot of what Dave said except for the puns ironically no I'm just kidding um, but uh, yeah I just I, I didn't connect with it and I thought it was not as good as the previous albums that really drew me in and uh, you know to quote Dave again there was too much singing on it. That's just like I was just like it's just it's just the mistakes that everyone makes when they want to get a bigger audience and I don't as I've said this a million times on the show I don't begrudge them trying to get a bigger mm -hmm. audience because just people like me liking it is not going to make you any money like we all get our shit for free as advances and like maybe buy some wax if we can beat out the bots and the snipers and get in line for it but that's a big if. I don't go to concerts. I don't buy merch. You know what I mean? It's just like you mm -hmm. have to get fans. So get some fans. But I, you know, he's a he's a sensitive guy, and his rapping is very um, hushed. And so it's interesting to see it 
kind of packaged like this, but I just preferred his previous albums by quite a quite a big margin. And I don't know if I'll go back to it. I wasn't feeling it. So we'll see what happens. What about you, Dem? Uh I was for some reason surprised that you guys didn't like it. Um I liked it quite a bit for for the exact some of the exact reasons that you said you didn't like it. It is a major label record. It definitely has that gloss and finish to it, but I thought they did it in such a way that Navy Blue is not compromised. Lyrically, he's not compromised. Like you could throw I agree it's the same guy. Dr- drumless doing the same under kind of it. rapping. They didn't try yeah. to make him do a club song or whatever. Nope. Like, no, yeah. he stayed he stayed true to himself and it's very interesting to see this kind of deep introspective rap be platformed in such a way to where I'm like, why does Def Jam care? There, uh, there obviously is some type of market. Mobby seems to be doing kind of well. I would put him in the in a similar lane of of where they're trying to go with this. Um, and I like this record more than I like the Mobby record. I, I feel like it's it's cohesive. It's it's one of those. It's it's for your lady friends when they come over. You can play it. <laughs> Which uh, more and more, I, I kind of find there's something there's something endearing about that. Like it's a guy that you're gonna put on the record. There's gonna be some uh, well written songs. Sonically, it is a little bit smoothed out. It has a definite R and B influence. It feels kind of like some of the stuff that was on No Name's Room Twenty Three mm, record. That's a good, that really that's a good that's a good comparison. Yeah, so it's kind of like this R and B hip hop. Uh, hybrid and so if that is not your flavor you will not enjoy i pose this question on twitter um how do we feel about uh navy blues ways of knowing and a rapper who is a friend of the program hit me in the dm and was like boring (laughs) Um, so there's obviously some variance of of opinion on it um i thought it was a, a strong record and one that i i do see myself going back to i think in particular the song pillars um I liked quite a bit and I'm, I'm excited for where they can go with it, where, where I will agree with some of the, uh, some of the critique is it the, the album starts with like three straight love type songs, which is going to be a hard sell for, for most people who fucked with Navy's reprise or something like that. Like he, they really dug into the, the relationship song, the love song angle earlier in the record um as it gets later you get more to kind of his life stuff dealing with addiction his family um all these things which he's talked about before but i I just found this record to be uh compelling in the way that you know when uh well i shouldn't even mention his name because now he's he's gonna get canceled but like when jonathan majors uh first started getting into big movies i was like oh man that's 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 bro from uh, last last black man in San Francisco. Oh, that's dope to see him in whatever fucking Ant Man movie that I'm not going to watch. But good for him, and that's kind of how I feel for Navy Blue. I, I feel like um, this is a great development for him in his career. I definitely don't begrudge him any of his what I think will be major success to come. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's just uh, I wanted to bring this up earlier, but I don't want to interrupt you, but. Like Def Jam's other big signing from the stuff that we cover was Benny the Butcher. And it's like, what does Navy Blue and Benny the Butcher have to do with each other? Besides yeah, both being good rappers who make good rap music. Or I, I think I think uh, it's the, I think it's this. They're trying to capitalize on the the cult of Earl. There is there is some virulent fan base who gravitates towards things that are like songs in the key of Earl sweatshirt. 
And I think labels, I think that's kind of what Mavi is, is getting the burn that he's getting. I don't know that these labels actually understand. It reminds me of the 90s when they were signing groups and you're like, do you guys even know why that's dope? Right, like, do you even right. get what's cool about that? You just know that it's cool. And I, that's kind of what I see. It wouldn't surprise me if a wiki or somebody else got some similar type of deal because it seems like this is a thing now, which is mind blowing to me. Like, I agree. I don't, I don't quite understand why the biggest rap platforms would would want to push this but maybe there's an audience we don't know about yeah i mean it's i'm glad to see anyone get 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 some paper and get some pub and get some get some clout or whatever but yeah and i i just we talked about this when we talked about the freddie gibbs record last year which i also did Mm. not care for and freddie gibbs went a little bigger like yeah. bigger fireworks explosions and bigger guests. <laughs> and like he did his major label debut in a different way. He had grinded for a lot longer and had yeah. a lot of different facets of his underground career. But I think I, my ears are just accustomed to hearing underground rap. And when it's not underground anymore, whatever that means, I was just doing air quotes for the people who can't see. Uh, it just loses something to me. It loses like a, a personalness, perhaps, even though the, the raps are personal here. It's, it was the way it sounded that I was having trouble getting over. And usually when I go back to things to revisit, I'm like, yeah, I still don't like how glossy this is. But let me dig in on some little passages or parts that like I can find meaning in. But yeah, I don't know, man. And I also like we were kind of saying with Real Bad Man, like we want to like that because he's been on the show and we met him right. and stuff. Like, right. I don't know, Budgie. You know, that, right. that means nothing to me. Uh, right. We were right. talking about right. this um, in like a personal conversation you and I had, Damone, where it's like we get a lot of uh, PR emails and it's like, what's a name that would make you open the email? Mm. And like, I think that's an interesting way to think for people to think about what their features or their producers or their <laughs> yeah. guests or the, the people mm-hmm. who round out their projects should be. It's like, you know, if somebody says sends us an email that says like they got a beat from Kenny Siegel, that's open. They're going to have to open that. You know what I mean? It's like, like that's our sensibility. And there's many names like that for many other different people. Uh, But anyway, just something to think about Um, in terms of this record. And I am curious what, what kind of people will make of it. Um, And I think if you, it depends on what, at what point you started listening to Navy blue and what your tolerance for like, you know, glossiness is, I suppose. Right, right. And where where you're at in your love life. It's a lot of, it's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Whether you need things to there. listen to uh, when you have lady friends over, which I don't know if you guys listened to it, and I know we didn't prep for this, but I'll just make my joke. Um, I tried to listen to the JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown album, oh, Scaring the no? Hose. Yeah. Apparently I'm hose. <laughs> <laughs> Not into it, dude. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking it out. I've okay. never liked JPEG Mafia. I've never understood like his like almost like Death Gripsian like. Mm. Uh, oh, that's good. That's a good way. I like this Sonic uh, decay, post-apocalyptic sound just does nothing for me. I'm just like next. Mm. Um, so I think I only made it through like two songs on that one. I listened to the full thing of the Navy Blue and then like had, had a very lovely listen, full listen to the Cool Keats. So that was kind of the ranking of them. Um, but yeah, love that title. Uh, hilarious that someone actually used this common internet saying about underground, current underground hip hop uh, as a title. And then yeah, I did. I was just like no. Uh, Dave, I, w- I would love to to for you to run that one time. I need somebody within our group to understand JPEG Mafia because I 
people I know and trust and know about rap will actually swear by dude. And it's just never struck me, but I did want, I wanted to like this record because Danny Brown's involvement right, usually means right. that the record is going to be cool and interesting. Um, kind of grading. Uh, I think what JPEG mafia is doing um, with the production and stuff was probably super groundbreaking five or six years ago, but kind of there's, Kind of a glut of artists that are doing stuff like that. I think of of Geis Gavada. Um, I think of of uh, a couple of other folks who are doing this kind of like short attention spanny, um, dissonant, so called weird stuff, but still mm. trying to make it a little bit clubby. It was it was interesting, but uh, did not land for me. And I also have not seen too many people being like, "Oh my god, this is this is an amazing record." But let us know what you think. Hit us up on on Twitter at DadBodRapPod. If you don't want the rappers to see how you feel about them, you can always DM us. That's always valuable information for us, for, for our rapper friends. If it's political and you can't say how you feel about the record, we're here for you. Um, you can also hit us up on Instagram at DadBodRapPod. But you guys said you wanted underground beats. We got it. Mediogre uh, was kind enough to join us. Uh, Chicago by way of NY producer label head who uh just had a, a record released or it's more of a mixtape and i'm sorry nate the title is escaping me it is grenades or escape from grenades i think the first it... one was called grenades and this one's called escape this, from is, this is escape from grenades which is um i want to say almost like a 30 track mixtape style album it's a bunch of dope underground beats a lot of uh underground rappers you'd be familiar with and it's mixed like a uh, like an actual mixtape. So like in, in tempo wise, which I really enjoyed. I didn't get to ask him about it in the interview, but I really enjoyed the aspect to it. Um, so let's get into it. This is our interview with producer Meaty Ogre, Dad Bod Rap Pod. Bod Rap Pod. Every week we talk to people who are moving and shaping hip hop culture. This week is no different. Joining us in Zoom, we have producer Meaty Ogre. How's it going, man? Yo, it's going well. Thank you. How are you guys? Uh, living the dream, man. Um, we'll get into real substantive <laughs> questions in just a moment, but like, I need the origin story on your name, bro. Like, help <laughs> yeah. me take me back to uh, that day. Man, it was literally my AIM AOL instant <laughs> messenger name. It was like me coming up with like a name in like three seconds. Like my name was, was uh, you know, my real name was already taken. And I think I was probably like 14 or something, just like trying to come up with like a funny name. And that was it. Okay. And then like people I would, homies that I would talk to would just be like, start calling me meaty. Just based on my instant messenger name. 
and it stuck and i'm like i'm stuck with the name man you know yeah yeah uh, and it, it but it has the like you know, i don't know what the grammatical term is I, th- I thought it was a homonym but then i looked it up and it's not right but it's all it's meant to sound like mediocre right 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 yeah exactly okay yeah did you get that demon no, no, I totally got that part, okay, but okay. I, I just, right. I just wanted to see when he had dropped the sixty nine from. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, dope man, thanks, thanks for indulging. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of your your younger days, um, talk to us about how you you got into doing production. Yeah, man. Um, so I grew up in Rockford, Illinois, which is about an hour and a half north of Chicago. Um, I got really heavy into. I think I really got more into like my dad's record collection of just like old psychedelic rock and, and uh, the classic rock stuff and jazz and just digging through his stuff. And then like kind of made the connection of, I heard a couple samples of samples of, of from like, you know, rap stuff that I liked and just kind of the way every producer did back then you like start connecting like, oh, there's that uh, far side sample um you know and like just starting to think about that like damn so i can go out and like look for some of these old samples um and then i had a homie vic who was already kind of like deep into it out here and like i'd go to his house to get my hair cut he's a barber and he'd show me stuff like you know he'd have like bob james records and play me like stuff that he had and then it kind of turned into like a friendly competition of just trying to look for old records and Got started that way just through DJing and I was super into turntablism, um, scratch pickles and uh, beat junkies, all that stuff, like heavy. That was my first real like foray into all this world, like just just DJing and scratching all day and juggling and all that stuff. Um, But then kind of like, you know, I was always into hip hop, but then kind of more just got way more into collecting soul and funk and jazz and rock and everything else under the sun like more than hip-hop and it kind of always has been that way for me um yeah and just kind of like uh, a friend of mine let me borrow his crappy pioneer like eight channel dj mixer that had the four second sampler on it and I would just like play loops and just be like mind boggled and listening to like loops for hour, you know, one stupid ass loop for like an hour in my room and just getting hooked on that. And then I got the SP202, um, the one that everyone uses now, the, the boss thing. Um, I got that first and then I love that. And then, yeah, man, just like, a friend of mine, I went to UIC in Chicago when I was 18. I, I moved out of Rockford and, and uh, this kid in the dorms gave me a copy of Sonic Foundry Acid 1.0 and showed me how to use it. And like from there on, I was just like super hooked. I, I was making beats all day and I made everything on acid until I, I did everything really on acid and for a good like 13, 14 years. Um, that was like my main tool forever. Right on, man. Thank you. Thank you. So from your origin story to your recent project, um, Escaping from Grenades, um, it's super intense. I, I gave it a listen today. Uh, saw that it was sold out. Congrats. Um, Thank you. 
Um, you know, and I, I was looking at the guest list too, Dose, Buck65, 62. Um, yeah, I just want to give you a second to talk about it. I, I mean, it's a really dope project. Um, and uh, it seems like you've been fucking with a lot of uh, tape releases uh, recently. So yeah, just um, let people in, uh, give people a little bit of insight on that. Yeah, so um, I produced a ton of rap records when I was living in Chicago with Galapagos for um, who it's like a big collective. We had, you know, typical cats was probably the biggest act. I say it was Galapagos Four is still around, but everybody's kind of like spread out and we're not really like a huge collective like that anymore. But um in those days in the late nineties, early two thousands, I was producing a ton of records for tons of rappers, um, both in the collective and outside of the collective. Dudes like Quell, Robust, uh, the typical Cats guys, Dennis and Kane, um, Off-White, Mestizo, et cetera. Uh, and when we were, we were going pretty heavy and uh, doing a lot of stuff and touring and everything. Um, and then my son came along in 2006 and I kind of had to like pump the brakes pretty hard uh, on touring and stuff. And I kept producing um through those days and we were going to places like scribble jam every year and, and doing lots of shows and just meeting pools uh so all of that that was kind of like felt like a it feels like a past life for me now i didn't really make rap i've been making beats nonstop, but i never really like released anything with rappers up until the past year um so i kind of just i got during the pandemic, I was just going heavy on the SP 1200, just making like, it was like, I, I, I'm a teacher and I teach online. Uh, I was teaching online throughout the, the pandemic and I would just get completely drained of these, these online meetings. You know, I was just like in front of the computer all day and I've had an SP 1200 forever. And I, I needed to get my face off the screen because I've always just used like uh, Ableton or whatever to make beats. And I got really into the SP 1200 um, during the pandemic and was just making tons of shit. Uh, so I made a, I made a mixtape of all beats uh, that came out in 2020. I, I did the whole thing in like three or four months. And it's just a, a collection of stuff I was making through the pandemic. That was all instrumental. And then I, I had a, a second one in line that one was called Grenades. So this one is called Escape from Grenades. And uh, it was originally just going to be another instrumental tape. And I had already made like the first side, but I passed the tape to Rift, who's an uh, old friend of mine from Chicago. And I wanted to get an MC on it just to, to kind of like funk it up. And uh, I passed it to him and he sent me something back a couple of days later. And I was like, mind blown. And I was like, well, let me let me share this with Mestizo, who's also a close friend. I just showed him the riff track and he's like, you gotta get you gotta gotta let me get on this, you know. So it kind of like snowballed from there. Uh I passed it to him and then I started sending the mix out to other friends, mostly because mostly like the MCs I mess with are all still in Chicago or Chicago based. I'm in Queens. Um, but like, I'm not really, I'm a, I'm an old man. I'm a dad bod. So like, I'm not out, I'm not out in the streets like I was when I was a kid. You know, I'm, I got like a regular ass 
pretty boring life here that I enjoy. Um, so I, like most of the MCs on the tape are either people, old friends, um, people that I just never really got to do any tracks with back then, like Sketch, who was on your show last week. Um, I remember Sketch when he used to come to our shows when he was like 16. He like sneak into our shows and always um, bad, trying to battle everyone in the building. You know, just dudes like uh, either dudes that I had never worked with before. I reached out to a couple kids that I found on Instagram or just like people that I met through friends of friends and um the the tape just turned into this massive thing and I got I I had to cap it when I got to like 21 MCs because it was getting out of control with the the mixing and just getting like overboard so I uh yeah I, it came out um two weeks ago it's called Escape from Grenades it's kind of like a uh an ode to my favorite old rap mixtapes, which were this this crew called Cash Money Brothers. Um, anyone from Chicago from the, like the late 90s or early mid 90s would remember these tapes. These are like legendary mixtapes that you could get at like Gramophone. Um, and I always loved them and I, I'd play them till the tapes broke. Um, but they were just kind of, I loved them because they were so fast and it'd be like, it'd be like one verse maybe a chorus and then into the next verse. So I really had this thing in mind. It's really kind of the tape I've been wanting to make for like 20 years. It's like a tape I'd spin in my head. I'm like, I know I got this in me and I like finally made it come to fruition. So that's so um, nice. the tape is pretty it's, much. Uh... Go ahead. Oh yeah, the, the, the tape is pretty much just like minute long songs from, from all these MCs. So it, it works for my ADD you know, to just kind of like the modern age of just like one minute long songs into the next, you know, and like it, it works for me because like I kind of struggle with strong song structure. Uh, you know, I, I, lo I love making quick dope little loops in, in drums. And then like with the SP 1200 to get really intricate with things takes so much extra work. So I'm like, I got all these cool loops, minute long song, drop the beat and move out, you know? So it came out kind of exactly like how I was hoping for, and I'm super happy how it came out, so. Yeah, it's a really dope project, man. Um, not only musically, and I think the the structure such as it is really suits modern times and short attention spans, as you mentioned, but it also reminded me in the best possible way of like playing with my GI Joes when I was a kid. It's like, this would be the soundtrack as I like put the bridge over the river and like all the GI Joes run across, you know what I mean? All the little interstitial stuff of like the yeah. grenades. And it just, it just like really, it just really worked for me. And I think we're probably of a similar age and come from a similar place musically. So just, the, it's a super dope project um, and Same. definitely encourage everyone to check it out, but I have to take it way way back and uh speaking of making things on acid though though it's not i know that's not what you meant um i want to talk about pisces um, oh yeah yeah correct me if i'm wrong but you're the person from who brought pisces to numero and they're from your town is that is that correct? yes yeah, that is yeah, one yeah. of my favorite psych rock records of all time dave and i are both obsessed with that if we did 
Day. You will hear Motley Marianne. Like oh, we just amazing. we love that record. And I actually organized a group of people to buy some of the dead stock uh 45s off of you right when it came out i don't remember where that is in my room right now and i couldn't find it but anyway let's talk about Dope. it and i love that record yeah 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 the the story behind that is crazy um so i found the motley mary ann 45 just digging in rockford and i showed my mom the record i was like this is it i showed her the names on the record i was like these do these names look familiar to you? And she's like, Jay Crine. I mean, that could be Jim Crine, Lucy's old music teacher, my sister's old music teacher. Wow. So like, I just, you know, went through the phone book, looked him up, um, called him. And I was over at his house like an hour later. Um, but he was an amazing guy, man. He, he um, I remember going to his like, music recitals when I was a kid my my sister had him and, and pretty much everyone in Rockford um all my friends had him as a teacher back in the day and he was an amazing teacher he would write like original math musicals to teach the kids math and like did these epic epic plays which are actually even probably more epic than the Pisces stuff to be honest wow uh, I, I went to his house and he started just pulling out tapes and he was just the sweetest dude. Um, he started pulling me out tapes and, and playing me unreleased stuff and playing me because he also had, he ran recording for a label called Vincent, which is what the, the original Pisces stuff came out on. Um, and I knew of the label Vincent and there's like five soul records on Vincent too that are all incredible and very rare for the most part um but yeah so he played me an acetate of an album that he intended to release of the pisces so i called my boy rob who runs numero group um pretty much anything like that that comes my way i, I passed to rob or dante from numero group um those are old homies and you know i know they always they do every project proper so um yeah just it happened pretty quickly um just found those tapes and we dug through some of jim's old stuff and put put together like the album that he imagined putting out when he was a kid that's so dope man that's such a great record it's amazing that it so it's not a reissue it's an issue yeah yeah i mean there, a couple of the songs came out as seven inches but those are like album versions of the the seven inch song gotcha 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 and there's the second thing which is like the linda bruner solo record, yeah. right song for a friend yep yeah that, that is one is dark also... shit dude that's like nico yeah, exactly. on a heroin like fucking yeah. like i have to there i think i've been in the mood to listen to that like twice but it is an so, amazing record she really goes there yes yeah there, there's actually a second pisces record too um jim passed away a couple years ago uh he was an amazing dude. I went to school with his daughter. Um, mm. And we, I mean, Rockford's a small place. So it's like you, anyone from Rockford that's doing anything interesting, art, artistically, um, you tend to know somebody that knows somebody there. Uh, right on, man. Yeah, just love that so much. Um, right on. Uh, I'll have to listen to said record. Um, so 
I, I listened to uh, Escape from Grenades today, uh, super dope, and I was also listening to Marinades, um, which is more of a, a traditional beat tape. Um, what, is there any difference in the approach that you take when you're making a quote-unquote beat tape as opposed to something that you know um, or you want rappers to spit on? Yes. Um, so Marinades is actually... So uh, Grenades which came out in 2020 um, was just kind of like a quick, I was like, I need to get all these beats out. I need to do something with this. Um, just feeling like the, the like pressure to like create, you know, the 2020 the pandemic hit me hard, like everyone else. And I, I felt mm -hmm. this super urge to like start pushing myself harder. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so I got that out and then I was like, man, I have hard drives full of old stuff that I've just never touched. Um, marinades is that. Marinades is a tape of old stuff from probably like 99 to uh, 2015. Okay. So just stuff that I never did anything with, stuff that was sitting on my hard drive. Um, and I just wanted to like kind of compile it in a way that made sense. Um, but so after yeah like marinades came out and i still have tons of old stuff that i don't really know what to do with a lot of stuff that's just kind of like i'm not sure people would be so into it like i, I mm. need to make like, some sort of like weirdo mixtape but <laughs> i don't know man it just it, it kind of just comes out of me like however like i throw all the files up into ableton and i just kind of I, I think in a, in dj terms mostly so i'm mm. kind of like I like to build it beats per minute, like build it up. Um, you know, like that's kind of how I arrange stuff, to be honest. Like I'll yeah. set things beats per minute and then kind of like make it make kinda it rise it. and fall. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. That's kind of how I think. But grenade, this new tape I made, um I wanted to go all out with this shit, man. Like I yeah. I, I felt like a lot of times like I've been a I don't know. I guess I'm like a Midwestern humble type of dude that's afraid to mm. kind of be too showy, whatever, you know, right. and like this tape, honestly, man, um, I, I, my mindset changed a lot. Um, I was I was pretty close with Virgil Abloh, who passed. Okay. And when he passed, okay. like he's from Rockford. We grew up together. We grew up skating together. Yeah. We grew up DJing together. My first DJ gig was with Virgil. Wow. Um, and, and when he passed, I got this new mindset, man, to be honest. I was like, I got to stop holding back, you know, like, yeah, like when it shit gets real at our age, you know, when people start passing mm -hmm. and like, mm -hmm. you're like, man, I got to stop like being like this little mousy dude. Like I'm going all out now. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, heard that. I know I have it in me, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it's time to fucking lay it down and stop like holding back or you know i think the mentality I've, I've been talking with other homies a lot about this lately it's just like i think the mentality when i was first doing a lot of stuff with rappers i'd be like i'd make beats and like i'd have a really dope beat but i'd be like holding on to it like i'm not going to share this with anyone i'm like this is too good <laughs> or, you know what i mean um but I don't know, man. I just kind of, my mentality has shifted a lot now. It's just like, I'm kind of like, 
it's an infinite well of creativity to tap into and there's no there's no reason to be withholding of any of it just keep going and keep pushing stuff out and who gives a fuck what people think about it just keep making stuff Oh yeah, man. I'm uh, really glad to hear you're you're still keeping it pushing. And um, shout out to Molly Marianne one more time. That's literally like one of my most cherished songs, man. Like Nate was saying. Um, so really cool that you helped help put that to the uh, forefront. Um, <clears throat> I want to jump back into the uh, Galapagos Four era a little bit. Um, uh, I loved a lot of the work you did with Quell, and you know, dude's sort of a recluse. And I kind of you know want to hear like what the working process is like with him. How did y'all meet and you know, how, how, what were those sessions like? So, um, I have always been close with a lot of graffiti writers and Chicago is, is a, an amazing place for graph. Um, and I grew up like a lot of my friends from Rockford were heavy into graph and Quell I met through my homie Dimes, who was a, a writer back then. And he started writing with Quell's crew. And he would just tell me about Quell. He'd be like, man, there's this like heavy metal dude who's like into rapping and you got to check him out. He's crazy. Uh, and I mean, I think a couple of weeks later, he was uh, he was like, yeah, you got to come. to." He's going to battle some dude tonight. Um, I used to go to all the battles in Chicago, like whatever it was, B-Boy battles, MC battles. It was like it was cracking back then. So we went and checked out Quell and Quell was like this long haired dude with, he was rolling with his brother. They both like, look like metal dudes, you know, I don't know. Like, and Quell got up there and just like destroyed this dude that he was battling. And I, I mean, I think like a week later he came to my house and we just recorded some stuff. Um, I, we did demo versions of a lot of the stuff that's on the typical cat stuff, a typical cats album. Um, and then we did the Manhattan project. I think within like a month or two of meeting Quell, we did that song. And then that ended up getting put out on Galapagos. And then from there, it was just like, it was on, like we were just boys and uh, he lived uptown in, in Chicago, not too far from me. Um, he was living in a tiny ass apartment uh, up on somewhere in the, right on the on the lake. And yeah, we just my my place was uh, I was living with my guy, Dave, and Quell would just like walk over with his friends and we just like hang out and drink beer and record all the time. Um, yeah, I mean, he is a recluse. You, you got that right. Like he he's a hard dude to pin down. Like he'll just ghost for like months and then show up like, like nothing happened, but it's always gold when you can get them into the studio. So. Right on. Um, Want to definitely ask you about your label potions, but uh, just more germane to my current interests. Who's Harry James? Yes. Harry James is my brother. Um, He's a, uh, so I had a label called Cherries, which is kind of um, heavy um, into, we were putting out a lot of like 80s sounding funk and disco um, with my ex, Sheila. We had a label called, it was called Cherries. Um, and 
that label was going pretty strong and we were doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, when we split up, uh, I had a record that was going to come out on Cherries. Like I had planned for Cherries by this group called the Chandeliers, who's from Chicago. Harry James is a part of the Chandeliers. He was a, he was mm. a, a drummer and a keyboard player. Um, and Harry was sending me stuff all the time um, back then and just has been constantly sending me stuff. And he started sending, during the beginning of the pandemic, he started sending me these insane cool demos of just him playing drums and piano, uh, like four track tapes. Um, he was just sending me like voice recordings coming from the speaker from his four track playing through like a shitty speaker. And I was like, man, this stuff's amazing. Um, yeah, so we got an album of that stuff together. That album came out right at the end of 2020, if I remember right. Um, and he's just been nonstop, man. We're, we're, um, we put out his second record uh, about four or five months ago. And we're mastering his third record right now. And he's got already almost done with the fourth record. He's a, wow. he's a beast. Prolific. Um, yeah. Uh, Harry James came recommended by various homies, probably most prominently Controller 7. And the first record, I listened to it and it went one ear and out the other. And for whatever reason, that second record, the first couple of songs just fully clicked with me this winter when we actually had winter here in California, <laughs> like it was actually cold. We had actual rain, we had storms and that Harry, that second Harry James record just fully like got me through that time. That was all I wanted to listen to um, around the holidays. Um, but please tell us a little bit more about the label. What are some of the other acts? Like, do you enjoy kind of being the dude behind the scenes rather than always making the music? Like just, just give us a, hey, there it is, got the merch. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I'm rocking the potion. <laughs> Yeah, um, so it's just kind of like an extension of what I've always been into, you know, starting from way back and DJing, like, I've always loved hip hop, but I'm, I'm not really, like, I, I appreciate your guys, like, zeal for, for new rap, like, I, I don't have it, like, I kind of never did, like, even when I was making it, I wasn't really listening to much rap, other than the stuff, like, within my circle, like, I've always been um mostly it comes from like sample hunting really but just I've always been into uh, you know the entire world of music like whatever it is like just stuff that hits me and um I kind of started the label just to have like an outlet to start putting stuff out from homies that are super talented and their stuff should be out and just kind of like frustration of like why is nobody putting this out um, and which it still is like I I don't really run this like a business it's just kind of cool stuff comes my way and I'm like hey you want to put this out and it works out um, and I kind of just don't really I, I only really work with people that are either friends or I know are not going to be a pain in the ass kind of you know because uh, it's it's just sort of like a passion project and um, a way for me to put my own stuff out too um but it's all over the board man i have there's like funk records on there there's the harry james stuff which is kind of hard to genreify um there's 
I have like a rock record by these guys, the long faces, um, some electronic sounding weird stuff, beats, whatever, just kind of whatever hits me, you know, like I'm not really trying to keep it like a, a focused label that only puts out a certain type of stuff. It's just kind of like whatever I'm into, whatever I'm feeling. Like I have a house record that's coming out this year. I did a house 12 inch last year with Ben Hickson. Just whatever, man. Yeah, just like as long as it's fun and it's like, you know, if it's uh, something that I'm into, I'm assuming at least another small group of people probably will like it too. Um, and it's been good, man. I'm just, um, it's kind of at this point just paying for itself and not making any money, but I'm able to move on to the next release and have fun with it. So it's really just for fun. That's dope, man. Uh, kind of speaking of, you talked about stuff that's coming up for the label potions. Kind of you as a as a beat maker. I know you just dropped something, but what what's uh what's next for you? So I produced a record for Alpha, which is Mestizo and Dose One. I did that last year. We're working on new stuff right now. Um, I'm working on. I have my hands in a million different uh yeah pans and a bunch of different fires right now i'm working on with stuff with uh rift who i I don't know if you guys interviewed rift he's not yet not yet but i once accidentally called him steel reserve and i still feel bad (laughs) (laughs) we also asked open mike eagle if that was his uh protege Yes, because also... he's, he looks so young. He came out to rap at a show we were at, and I was like, who's this young person with yeah. you and Dave, Mike? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'd love to talk to him. Really enjoyed his recent work on your tape and on Mike's recent tape. So I think uh, the time will be coming at some point. And I say this all the time, and I just have to say it because I brought it up. He did uh, Mike's podcast, and he talks about how he's like an amateur pilot. And he said this thing where he's like, Small, flying one of those small planes is like being in a lawnmower in the sky trying not to die and if he doesn't <laughs> name a record that is totally failing that is the most amazing phrase i'm obsessed with it i will stop yeah man yeah. i mean that dude is one of my favorite mcs and um it's kind of like it's it's funny it's taken 15 years but i'm finally it's like it's it's cool to see like all these people bubble up and people like starting to check because it's like people that I've always loved and we're finally like it just took time to get here but like I feel like this is actually our time to be like embracing all this stuff um we we did a little EP project where he was rapping over some of my instrumental 45s that I put out um back maybe it came out like 15 I don't even know like 10 10 to 15 years ago um but I'm working on stuff with him I'm working on a project with one of the MCs that's on the tape Gaia Earth Peace who's from here and is incredible I cannot even begin to explain how excited I am for that project um she's super like she's been rhyming her whole life and it's I hope the the story will come out sooner or later. But uh okay. yeah, I'm working on something something with her. And then um Imp Power, who's another MC that's on the tape, and he's another old homie. 
he was part of Nacrobats crew, which is also Open Mike Eagles early crew. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of history, so uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Like I kind of have the uh, I got my mojo back. And like I, I've been working with uh, a bunch of people and just talking to a lot of people, and I have a lot of ideas and things I want to do. That's what's up, man. A hey, uh, medio mediocre. Thanks for coming on the program. Thanks for having me, y'all. I'll be tuning in regardless. So oh, cool thanks, to be man. on the show. Hell yeah, yeah, man. Thank you again, man. Appreciate it. was our conversation with meaty ogre i am right now trying to come up with meat puns that can be used for the episode title <laughs> so guys feel free to chat me offline if you've got if you've got meaty uh, where's the beef yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> his meats are raw uh, <laughs> running from kielbasa i don't know we'll find, I'll figure it out. waterhouse five <laughs> nice Shout out to Mediogre, man. Big fan of his yeah. for a minute. I'm um, really good to talk to him. And, uh, you know, as everybody heard in the interview, me and Nate are just gushing over uh, Motley Marianne, which is a song that's uh, near and dear to near and dear to our hearts. And so it's really cool to, you know, actually talk to uh, Medi, who, you know, um, brought it to the forefront. And um, his new album is, re- is really cool. So it's really good to see him staying active, especially for having yeah. such a long history in Chicago and just, you know, just being such a... Um, prominent producer in that era and he's still doing his thing and also potions music is doing all kinds of weird other stuff that shows other sides of his personality and sort of his insights and music so um great conversation man thank you for your time yeah he was he was so cool someone who i've known about um uh for a while and just multiple friends have said like is just an awesome dude and he definitely was that um super humble super down to earth like just like Mm -hmm. really seemed like one of the bros just immediately and the fact that he likes what we do and we like what he do. I just, I love that. I just love meeting people like that. Um, and he did say something and I don't remember if it was on or off mic or if it'll be included in the final edit, but I've been thinking about it a lot. He, he was like, I think it, I think it's on mic. He said he's founded potions to like put out other kinds of music, even though he makes mm-hmm. hip hop, he listens to a lot of other kinds of music, which is mm-hmm. a very common thing for producers and kind of heads of our age. And he was like, yeah, I, I admire your guy's zeal yeah. about new hip hop. <laughs> and I was like, it's usually not good when someone uses that phrase. He's saying it in a nice way, totally, but I have totally. been thinking about it a lot. I was Friends. like, yeah, like you, you do have to kind of dig to find the stuff you find. And we like, you know, we opened this vein of like stuff that we think is artful and thoughtful right. and nerdy and wordy and all this kind of stuff um and it's like it it took some work when we first started the podcast we were going to be like a classic hip-hop podcast we didn't know we would talk about new music 
And I don't think that, that version of the show would have lasted as long as this one has because we're constantly kind of adding new things to the yeah. canon or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. I have been thinking about that phrasing a lot. Uh, but super dope guy. Love that Pisces record. Love some of his other productions. And uh, like I said, the the grenades, the this I need to go back and listen to that first. Yeah, I haven't heard grenades yet. Because yeah. this escape from grenades is just a lot of fun. And yeah. a really cool project. And it, it's just so propulsive. Like, it has so much energy to it. Mm-hmm. And it just moves so quickly. And I, I was like, this is dope. Like, I, you can't get bored, essentially. Totally. It's, it's like, like an a- action scene from an 80s, you know, Rambo jungle <laughs> movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. That, that's the, that is definitely what's captured on there. Um, yeah, I, I've been thinking about that comment too, Nate. It, it reminds me of when folks will go, I love that for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like i would never listen to this much rap and and honestly most people should that's why you should come to us nobody yes. sometimes when i'm sitting there so what i've been doing is on um i have the biggest break in my week of, of quote-unquote free time is on sunday afternoon after i go okay. to the farmer's market i sit down i open up crown them entertainment uh and who they've been cataloging all the rap releases and I'll see how many rap releases I could like browse through get a taste of mm-hmm, before I get completely fucking sick and tired of fresh it. organic <laughs> straight from the source mm. uh, <laughs> so yes yeah, so I'm running I'm running through you know eight nine ten albums on a on a Sunday afternoon and also being like I'm, I'm kind of sick like this is this is not healthy behavior but uh we do it because we we love the culture and there's a lot of dope records being put out. There's also a lot of terrible records being put out. I think I'm getting I'm getting a lot better at being like I self-select on what I'm gonna listen to. If I think I'm gonna hate something, I don't even put it on. But uh, so yeah. I'm I'm like you, but I listen to like three to five, and I try to actually listen to them. You know what I mean? Unless mm. I hate it, then I turn it off. But if I that's why I'm kind of like oh, this seems like it's in our world. I'll I'll give this a listen. And so once I've downloaded it in my phone, I've taken up digital real estate with it i feel the need to give it a chance do you know what i mean mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're probably you're probably giving it more of an in-depth listen um, which can be good for certain records you have to do that i learned today that there are individuals who find arm and hammer bland and i just feel like you need to some music you really gotta like lean in and pay attention it is to. many things but it is not bland yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah that's it's so it's such a such a wild thing um, but yeah, thanks to uh, Mediogre for for coming on. Shout out to Potions Music. As we alluded to at the top of the program, we had an eventful weekend, especially for uh, men of our age. Um, <laughs> the hip hop royalty Prince Paul came to town. Uh, the party Friday night, which I wasn't able to get to, Dave. Uh, tell us about the the Native Tongues night that that happened in SF on Friday. Man, I'm still kind of recovering from that. Um, it was at a place called um, Victory Hall. Um, Prince Paul played, uh, myself and DJ Albert Jenkins opened up. So we played the early set and it was crazy. It was sold out and it was already packed by fucking 9.30 or something. Crazy. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm doing my non-mix mix and I look up and it's like full, you know, completely full, bunch of eyes on me and I got kind of nervous. <laughs> Kept drinking, of course. So um, anyways, um, long story short, great night. Paul killed it. Um, Dell um, hosted the event. So he was there kind of rapping along and just get, uh, kept things going. Domino was there walking around in the crowd. 
um, uh, Jer Jeremy Fish uh, did a special print for that night and he was there. So overall, it was just a great, great um, evening. Um, incredible vibe. Shout out to uh, DJ Plattern for putting that together. And um, it was a Native Tongues Appreciation Night and we're hoping to do more of those uh, coming up. Dope, dope. Yeah, shout out uh, DJ Plattern for uh, the orchestration and arranging. And also the Saturday after the Friday, right. Paul came down to Needle to the Groove Records for an in-store DJ set and what ended up being a, a, an insightful Q&A that we could have recorded, but that's okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. No, Listen none to of us episode. thought about it. Um, you know, I think it was, it, cool, it, it, yeah, it, it was really cool. So, um, at the event was from two to six, perfect timing. I was the opener uh, as was Dave and we kicked things off. Um, the homie EZ did a set, um, heard he's a big listener to the show. Nice to meet Shout you, out, Eric. Easy. And thank you Dope for listening. Um, Plattern played, Paul played Dave and I got to pick up Prince Paul from his hotel Which was funny <laughs> and weird um, And yeah, we um, We all know, had dinner afterwards And that yeah, was kind of cool Just it was talking it up, cool. talking about music Yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome um, And it's a, I, I've been thinking about this so much, Dave It's like you get a, a group of uh, older men At a dinner table And what do they talk about? Intermittent fasting that was the topic that uh, <laughs> everyone at least had an opinion on i'm like I, I don't do it but you guys are a lot skinnier than i am so maybe i should yeah. and <laughs> just like kind of hearing about everyone's like diet proclivities was super interesting but then we did the conversation did inevitably turn to hip-hop and we got to got to chop it up with the legend about some real shit and uh that's some incredible. shit that cannot be repeated in a public podcast and that's always <laughs> I've always said Favorite like the most stuff. interesting part about meeting someone in person rather than like interviewing them and through any kind of mediated thing is absolutely. they'll tell you what they really think. And like, oh, like that's why the access that doing the show and kind of just being one of the heads from around here has granted us has been um, really fulfilling in that way. So thank you to needle to the groove. Thank, thanks Basura. Thanks Alan. Thanks. Uh, you know, the whole staff who came in and worked a really busy day. Thanks to everyone who came out, all these San yeah. Jose folks who I didn't yep. know. Yeah. Kind yeah. of lingering in the crowd. Um, Damone hosted the event and did an amazing job and uh, performed. Uh, uh, I don't, I, I wasn't counting the bars, but it was longer than I thought it was going to be. Um, it was kind really of a dope, me verse to Prince yeah. Paul with tons of native tongues, different references in and stuff. It was super dope. Like, I was so impressed. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, yeah. Well, when Alan from Needle to the Groove hit me up about hosting, he was like, yeah, can you, like, do a verse? Which is, I've never, I've never been asked that before. I've hosted a bunch of shit. <laughs> but he asked me to do a verse, and I was like, fuck yeah, I'll do a verse. And then, like, I swallowed my tongue for, like, three weeks. <laughs> as I tried to put it together and like memorize it and like make it, you know, something that I wanted, you know, Paul to actually hear, right? Like, and um, that's weird and scary, right? What if he didn't like it? Hey, but he hey, didn't hey, hear hey. any of the records I played, and I had all these like musical inside jokes. Like, <laughs> remember this remix you produced? And oh, you, you, uh, your voice is weirdly on this because someone scratches you and stuff. And he wasn't even there, he wasn't even but, in the building. When we did, hey, when buddy. we did get in the car on the way to go to the sushi spot, I did pull out one record. The, the, the this cookie crew, uh, remix that he did, oh, which is pretty obscure. That. And I had to be like, Do you remember this one? And he's like, 
Vaguely. <laughs> Nate's like, when? Nate War strikes again. But Damone, I mean, I, I was there when we were, you know, sort of all, you know, packing our stuff up and, you know, kind of chit-chatting, fist bumping. And Prince Paul turns to you and is like, yo, man, that was a really good verse. You killed it or yeah. something. And it was yeah, like, to yeah. get that from Prince Paul, I mean, uh, that's so something good. you want to bo- bottle forever, you know? Absolutely. I, I've been insufferable all day. Uh, <laughs> my don't talk to me um but yeah it was it was a super dope event and i feel like you know there's a certain part of me that's like an ambassador like hey we, we got somebody coming y'all that was like my role like hey San Jose, yeah, yeah, yeah don't don't be stiff about this this is like yeah. some real shit that's going down so shout out to everybody that came through yeah a couple folks popped up in woodwork when not seen in some time so it's always great to do that uh always great to support needle to the groove and uh, it's just one of those moments, man, where you're like, you know, hip hop can be a mixed bag sometimes. I've been doing it forever. I've made like 12 cents off this shit, but um, <laughs> net. Uh, but but when uh, when we have moments like this, I'm like, yeah, that's it. This is a worthwhile pursuit for one's life. Oh, totally. Uh, uni- and, totally and I unifying. thought that it was like designed to honor Prince Paul, who is like, mm-hmm. a, and to us, a legend, but to many an obscure or niche figure and it's like in this room you will be treated like the giant of the art that, form that, that you are, are. you're yep. you brought this creativity and this sense of humor and this like i think they would call a bugged outness to hip-hop yep. that has been incredibly influential to us and we got to tell him that to his face and he's a very humble person a gentleman in many ways really and very down to earth but like everybody likes being told that the, their art was meaningful to people so i thought yeah. that the, the whole way the event was carried off was really dope shouts again to plattern um who did a lot of the the kind of driving of this both physically and uh, yeah. logistically and monetarily and stuff and just a really dope event he's been doing these 45 sessions things for years bringing legends out to the bay and um my first time except for one time i sold records at one um a long time ago but i don't remember who the guests were it was just like a blur uh but anyway um yeah, yeah he's he is the that world's second tallest dj he assures me that stretch <laughs> Ar- he assures me stretch armstrong is taller oh really Hopefully. yeah which is fucking freakish but to see plattern who is is at least like six three or something like that crouching six, five Six five, I believe it. I believe yeah. he's 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 got small forward energy, yeah. and so he. You know, uh, I know how tall everyone is, dude. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so he he's this 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 big dude, and he's just mixing these tiny little records, and he's going back, <laughs> and he's going back, and it was a sight. I was standing right next to him, like this is like not only is he killing it, this looks like a feat that he is pulling off, and he's got he's got such a dope collection of forty fives. He's going back to back oh, in yes. the in the traditional hip-hop style of going back-to-back, right? Um, so when it was time to rap for Paul, which Platter didn't know about, I was like, yeah, you just got any, like, instrumentals in there that I can I can bust on? He was like, no. <laughs> like, I bought all 45s, bro. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, we had this moment of, like, 90 seconds of panic, and then he found... Um, he was able to find an instrumental, and, and, oh. and we rocked it, and it, it all came you together. You didn't know what you'd be rapping on? I wanted to rap on. There's a break called Deep Gully, which was used on um, on Balloon Mind State, where they're like oh. stick a bush, stick a bush. Right. So yeah. I, I practiced to that, and somewhere in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't know, just he'll have it, he'll have it. And he's like, hey, it's an album cut. It's not on 45. Like I have, I have only 45s today. So, um, so I was just like, all right, well, 
What, you what got? else you got? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, wow, that's very hip hop, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he figured it out, and and it landed well. And it's just definitely one of those moments, man, for the uh, for the ages. So uh, shout out to Prince Paul for coming through. Shout out to the whole home team for for making the thing happen. But uh, we appear in a lot of places. Sometimes you'll find us in a record store. Sometimes we might be cited in a book or some shit like that. <laughs> Which is fucking wild that we are source Nathaniel. material. Uh, Nathaniel, tell them, tell them about uh, this, this new book that you've been cited in. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, I uh, just received, I because I was kind of flipping through it right now, I just realized it's an advance review copy of uh this new book um written by the mc um from cve chillin villain empire riddler riddler uh, there's a lot of different ways to say it um uh, it's called born a villain it's on parker pubs press which also did the two mechs and micah nine books we talked extensively about the micah nine book in a uh, former episode and uh yeah i did um an interview with rid last year and we ended up hitting it off, kind of, and he sent me a tape of his, and I um, wrote a piece about um, CVE's music um, kind of being released as a vinyl anthology on Niege Niege Records um, out of Uganda, and um, just how improbable all that was, and how futuristic their music is, and um, yeah, just had a cool conversation with Rid, and uh, some of a part of it is cited in this new book called Born a Villain. So that should be in bookstores and available online soon. I would imagine it is pre-orderable, though I haven't actually checked. The package just kind of showed up this afternoon. I don't know if you got. I'm like a pretty obsessive tracker. When I have something I know is coming, I'm like right. refresh the whole time because <laughs> I don't live in the greatest neighborhood. And as soon as it hits the porch, I want it inside the house. Yeah. And so the mailman just dropped this off today, and my wife was actually expecting couple packages but then both of the ones that came were for me so this was a complete surprise i didn't even remember talking um to the dude from parker press about it until i opened the box and i was like oh cool and then i found my name and that was cool too That's so uh, yeah super super awesome i played the most minuscule part you could possibly imagine in this um riddler is you know an incredible rapper and producer with a long history that should be better understood and um their music has always been somewhat hard to find. Um, yeah. So for it to be kind of collected better and celebrated more widely is really um, is really great. Um, he's just a mainstay of the L.A. underground and a good dude. And uh, CVE's music is, in particular is super important. So if you want to understand the L.A. underground and you like fast rapping, which I really do, and chopping, um, he's a master at that. And you should absolutely. Absolutely. It'd be funny if your package got stolen and you just saw somebody at the park like reading. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be that'd be properly villainous. Um, yeah. So, you know, we out here. Dave, you got any um, any hot projects uh, coming down the pipe? Um, I'm working on a couple of things. Um, I think you mentioned on the last show, my liner notes for Genocide Juice just dropped. Hey. And, um, uh, apparently a few copies are still available. Um so check that out if you are in the market for reissues that are kind of pricey. Um, and also, <laughs> um, I'm working on this little thing with Peanut Butter Wolf on San Jose Hip Hop. I'm not sure when that's going to drop. Uh, we just got we just got the conversation started on that, and I'm still just kind of uh, chipping away at my uh, Rakim article for the Paris Review, which I hope to finish. I'm giving myself a deadline of about three weeks, so hopefully I'm, I'm going to send it over to them soon. We we. <laughs> Bon V for Dave. What about you, bud? You got anything you want to plug? Um, what are you working on? 
what I'm working on, uh, working on music. Like, uh, yeah. don't talk about that a whole lot on here, but uh, working, working on Secret. some new music. Got a got a joint with Nappy Nina. Got Ooh. a joint with D Styles that'll be coming Ooh. out before right. long. Um, so yeah, just kind of um, getting back into the rap flow of things. I always feel like it's you got to get back to your fighting weight. You know what uh, I mean? It's kind of it's kind of like when a when a boxer tries to come back. Um, but yeah, just just hip hop, man. Hip hop is fucking great. It's great to listen to all these records. It's great to to meet some of your heroes. It's great to talk to the the new heroes of now um, and just bask in this uh, amazing culture that we have that's turning 50 we haven't talked a whole lot about that but it's true we have not really done a themed thing around that that's probably a gimme <laughs> right right so Ep- episode 50 <laughs> just, about to say, just about to say um so yeah just uh feeling feeling good about uh interacting with this culture we have dope shows lined up for y'all um in the coming weeks like i said be on the lookout for our Q1 review, we'll be talking about um, all the, the dopest releases and we'll do a Navy Blues reprise argument um, <laughs> in, in a couple weeks, see if the guy's uh, given another listen. But there's a, a bunch of dope stuff that come out came out. And we also have an interview with uh, a member of a crew who we have never interviewed before. So that's just a tease. In the coming weeks... We'll talk to a member of one of the most iconic rap crews ever uh, who have somehow not interviewed anybody from yet. So uh, if that wasn't convoluted and weird of a tease, I know it <laughs> is. But, you know, that's what you've come to expect here on the Dad Bod Rap Pod. <laughs>